Okay, so welcome back to the third episode of Little Bear Abroad. And uh, uh, we're uh, at the home of uh, Franziska Engler. Um, and she is uh, the lady, the powerhouse behind Family Mindfulness and Mindful Stockholm. Um, welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> um, we're also um, joined by her son. So yeah. if you hear any little baby screeches and squalls, it's just Tim enjoying chatting with us. Yes, I'm afraid he's, uh, he's only, <laughs> <laughs> only a few months old, so he's uh, he's just going to chime in when he wants. Ah, that's fine. Um, so today we were going to talk about culture shock and everything that is around culture shock, about you know the feelings that one might go through or the... Uh, the uh, emotions that uh, you might recognise um, associated with culture shock. Um, and um, if you want to give a little bit of a background about you know, what your origin story is and um, also tell us a little bit about mindfulness as well. Sure. So can... I can begin by telling you about how I got here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> how we end up to be sitting here in Stockholm and yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Well, um, so I, my background is in psychology. And uh, I, I've been working in the UK and the Channel Islands before, but around eight years ago, uh, I went to a wedding and met my husband there. Ah! <laughs> and uh, we we decided uh, in uh, about two years ago that we really needed to settle in in a location because we both wanted a family. Mm. Uh, mm. And it was just getting ridiculous flying between different countries all the time mm. just to see each other yeah. and, and, and spend quality time together. So we decided on uh, settling here in, in Stockholm, really, primarily because of my, my husband's work yeah. uh, and because he feels uh, more comfortable speaking Swedish. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and then, so, so my my professional background and, and why I'm here now doing Mindful Stockholm is really because uh, I, I started in mindfulness around 10 years ago, teaching in a hospital in London. Mm. And it was something that I saw was um, a fantastic intervention for people who uh, was, had um, chronic pain, debilitating chronic pain conditions. Mm, mm, uh, mm. And it was wonderful to see the transformation uh, that those that were, were willing to try mindfulness mm. it really helped them. Yeah. Um, and then I, I moved up to Bangor, and I I wasn't in, in Wales, and I wasn't working in mindfulness then, um, but I was still in psychology, and I just happened to come across the the Bangor Mindfulness Centre up there, which is one of the world's or the UK's uh, leading uh, mindfulness centres. Oh. And uh, it was a wonderful community up there, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then somehow, as life throws us many curves off, I um, I had to leave psychology behind when my father became ill, mm. uh, and I moved back to the Channel Islands where I had grown up. Mm. And then uh, I worked in finance, and after a few years in finance, um. I had accumulated some serious stress levels myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been working um, a lot of the evenings and the weekends mm. and even holidays at Blackberry came with me and 
um, there wasn't a lot of time to breathe. And uh, I was, I became uh, physically ill yeah. from the stress and was told that I required surgery to get better. And uh, it was then that I decided really to, to stop my job and focus really on the mindfulness again and, heal, and time to heal myself. Yeah. And it helped me. I didn't end up uh, choosing an option of surgery. Uh, and I managed without. It's not so easy for everyone. Yeah. Um, but mindfulness really helped me focus on my life again mm-hmm. and get better. And and now I'm here in in Stockholm mm-hmm. <laughs> with my son who is is uh, <laughs> very happy here. But but also sharing um, my experience um, of mindfulness and, and teaching here now in Stockholm. Yeah. Yeah. And and what does if for people who aren't really sure what mindfulness is can you still it into a little i can i can try and uh try my very best i think mindfulness is something that um as an introduction probably needs a, a bit longer than a sentence because i will yeah, of course, my best course. podcast um so so mindfulness really is uh, a, yeah it's a practice that has evolved um from Buddhism, primarily, mm. uh, and it is now being westernized, and you know science is getting involved. Uh, there is more and more research every day about the, the benefits of mindfulness, and what mindfulness is is it's about being able to be um, or pay attention to the present moment that is happening to us. Um, <laughs> a bit tricky when you've got a five month balls on your shoulder. Uh, I don't know. It can help quite a lot, actually. <laughs> I think it can help quite a lot. Um, but yes, well, generally in life, you know, we can get caught up in the past or the future. Our brains have evolved that way. You know, it's yeah. what helped us um, to to be ambitious the society that we are. Yeah. It has helped us to be creative. Yeah, you know, creative minds think in the future. You know, without creativity we wouldn't have the internet we wouldn't have podcasts yeah. uh, we wouldn't have things like little bear abroad um, yeah. but we can also get caught up and tricked by ourselves by thinking too much in the future or the past and it can create conditions in our minds um such as anxiety and depression and especially for people that have a lot of stress in their lives yeah. um you know thinking in the past and the future can really be very debilitating yeah. for them so so mindfulness is just a glimpse of helping someone focus a bit more on, on what's going on in their lives right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Uh, and there seems to be a knock-on effect from doing that practice uh, which can help people uh, feel more centered yeah it can help people even uh, studies are showing with better emotional regulation which means that there's there's more clarity in thinking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's really. What and I think it's about. interesting what you say about um, to link it to the to link mindfulness and culture shock together, which is what we're talking about today. Um, this kind of this looking, this, being tricked into thinking about the past and about where you've come from and about you know the future and expectations and so on. Pardon, that was my phone. Um, <laughs> um, I think that is a very key issue surrounding culture shock is that people and people do have an expectation about where they should be you know about 
what happened in the past, about mm. what, you know, and they get stuck in this, you know, issue of, oh my God, you know, but back in my country or back home mm. or back in the day, it wouldn't have been like this. It would yeah. have been, it should, you know, it should be like this. It should be like that. It should be like that. And for me, personally, I'm talking from personal experience here, you know, that is a major part of what culture shock is all about and how it can you can slide very quickly mm. into these this sort of level of anxiety, ill ease, feeling like you don't belong, feeling mm. like you know you don't have anywhere, it doesn't you know one's your home, yeah. you know, feeling the world isolated. is against feeling isolated, mm. alienated, mm. like everyone is against you. So I think that's why I wanted to talk to you about sort of using mindfulness as a very, as a starting point Mm -hmm. for clearing out all of that kind of preconceived conversations in your head about what, where you have been, where you should be, but actually focusing on where you are now. Um, Well, you know, I think mindfulness can certainly help. Um, and, And especially when it comes to managing these expectations and assumptions that we have. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I relate it a bit, maybe to my to my own experience. Well, let's before we do that. Let's. I wanted to just go through quickly through the um, the actual these stages that that I've talked about um, in culture shock. Um, and um, you know, a little while ago, I wrote a, a piece um, about the four stages stages of expatism, mm-hmm. which I will put a link to. Um, on this the, the podcast link when this goes live um, and you know I was doing a lot of research and writing about I was hearing a lot of conversations from people um, you know that I've met and and, and you know, via online and also in real life and so on and so forth where they were just like you know I you know I feel like I'm living on the fringes of society I feel like um, I'm completely isolated you know nothing is what it should be uh, this wouldn't happen in my country it wouldn't be like this back home da, 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 da. these kind of con- those sort of sayings were being repeated again and again and again so I started doing a little bit of I'm reading about it and about how, you know, what what is the is there this is there something that we as immigrants or expats or whatever you want to call yourself, is there some kind of mental health issue here that needs to be discussed? And then I read more and more about culture shock. And you know, you said earlier when we were talking beforehand, um, that you'd never really considered culture shock as a thing. Neither had I. I knew about homesickness, I knew about, you know, that feeling of being a little bit alienated when you move abroad and so that, but I never, I thought culture shock was one of these kind of like throwaway millennial terms that nobody really, you know, wasn't a thing. But it turns out that actually it's a huge, huge thing and it's a documented issue amongst you know immigrants and 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 so on um and um there's a a, a sh- quite a shocking statistic that i came across when i was doing this research which is is mentioned in the the article where 60 percent of um 60 percent of work placements or, or foreign work placements fail because of spousal acclimatization mm-hmm. issues so that means that they, they the, the the kind of foreign assignments fail because the family isn't given the right support or the right, you know, um, uh, or, you know, it, it, it just gets the better of them. And they can't, they can't, they can't really um, acclimatise to their new surroundings or their new culture or their new, you know. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's a big, that's a big deal. And that's something that really surprised me when I read about that. I mean, it's certainly not easy when 
when people are moving here, you know, they've probably already had their life established somewhere. Yeah. So it's very difficult mm. to uproot yourself mm. and mm. try and establish and yourself again. Even more so with a, a, a young family or, mm. you know, taking along that. Um, so, yeah, the, the four main areas that I talk about in this in the article are um, uh, basically honeymoon period. So these are maybe the three or four weeks that you, you have when you first arrive and it just feels like a holiday. And everyone's trying to get to know everything and you're sort of exploring and you're doing a bit of touristy stuff and you're, you know, getting to know your new home and, and, and that's really fun. And then, you know, maybe one of the spouses starts work. Maybe, you know, you end up kind of sliding into this sort of more routine-based space. And I think that's really when this sort of culture shock happens. And there's a, you know, I mentioned, or there's something mentioned that, that moment when you know one spouse goes off to work you wave them you wave at them from the door and the door slams and you're like right oh what am I going to do now and that's it you know and you're kind of suddenly you're in this I am in a different place I'm in a foreign country and speak a foreign language and I've got no idea what to do and I have to set up a new life for me and my family and I need to get bills sorted out I need and all of this stuff and and I think that and we go back to this whole sort of expectation thing that we were talking about. That is really overwhelming. And then, you know, when you're suddenly overwhelmed, you retreat back into this, well, when I was at home, what would I do? But then it's not, you're not at home. You, you're in a different place and you speak a different language and, you know, none of the services are the same and none of the, you know, companies are the ones that you recognize or you trust or you know or you can, you know, anything like that. So, so there's, then there's that sort of second phase, which is the culture shock. And I think that is the really dangerous area where things can just go quite dramatically. But they can go quite badly quite quickly. Uh, and I think that's when the anxiety and, and sort of alienation, isolation comes into to play and you can fall down. So I think that's what I wanted to talk to you about in terms of the mindfulness. I mean, what can what can one do in order to just kind of... I think it, the, the most important thing is just recognize it. I think it's um, it's really uh, interesting because I, you know, think um, try to say that I had a good practice of mindfulness when I moved here. Mm. But even so, I think my experience of moving to, to Stockholm um, was was something quite. Um, was a shock to me in in the end. You know, my... Oh, yes, I know. Sorry, the, the little one is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just getting a bit restless. Yeah, a bit restless. yeah. So he... Um, so my... <laughs> so I, I actually come from um, a background of many cultures myself. Mm. Um, my mother's German, my father's English, mm. and I grew up in the Channel Islands. <laughs> and um, and um, so when I moved here, I think I, I myself, I had a few expectations of what it would be, and mainly because I, I hadn't been um, to Stockholm many times before. Mm. Only a handful when we decided really that we would, we would be here. So I, I sort of went on a bit blind based on my husband. Yeah. yeah. And um, I had this expectation that um, everyone was this ultimate Scandi cool mm, in mm. this country. Everyone had a lot of um, 
a lot of fashion sense mm, yeah <laughs> and I wouldn't fit in there and uh you know everyone was very cool with the the lutted poppers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so yeah. you know there was there was a lot of expectation for me there and um uh you know it it, it luckily didn't you know the, the cultural experience didn't really spiral for me too badly mm. into some sort of anxiety or mm. Mm. Uh, depression but um it it was a bit of a challenge and mm. I think you're right letting go was a big thing you know letting go of well first of all recognizing that you know what what I think uh, was going to happen is not actually what was happening to me and I think it's often the case in any stage of life you know at work at home uh, wherever we are when we naturally have these expectations and assumptions about how things are going. For example. <laughs> for example. We should have known. Having this little one, it was very likely that he wouldn't be happy with the entire podcast. <laughs> but anyway, expectations and assumptions are very rarely actually our real experience. Yeah. And as individuals, we have um, a wonderful capacity to either overestimate or underestimate what's going to happen to us. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and so when life doesn't measure up to what we think it will, yeah, it's a shock. Yeah, uh, and culture shock comes into that certainly, and but generally it's it's a shock. And so first of all, it's helpful to kind of recognise that it's all right. You know, mm. it's all right that life isn't quite what we thought it would be. Yeah, uh, because actually it never is. No, <laughs> you know, it never is. And then uh, it can be really helpful to then say, well, okay, well. What is it actually? Uh, and it helps by then letting go of mm. allowing yourself to let go. But in saying that, you know, letting go is a real big deal. Yeah. And that's something that is not easy. Mm. It takes a lot of practice and, and a lot of courage yeah. to be able to do that. And we'll, you're lucky when you have a good network supporting you. Mm. That can make things. But mm. it's not the case usually for families to uproot and move somewhere new. Everyone then ends up missing their village. Yeah. You know, missing that community network. And, um, you know, you, you can be very lucky and move to an area where you have got a great community. Um, maybe you can find some great people. Like, I, I feel very grateful. Social media has been wonderful for me mm. in connecting to other expats who uh, like me chose to marry a Swede yeah. or, or live with a Swede and mm. you know it's been great and you kind of have to build up your own village again but um, without that I think I would be quite lonely. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think my first experience of culture shock happened when I was 17 um, and uh, you know I would being that young and being not entirely incredibly mature hit me like a ton of bricks to the point where I was like it made me physically ill you know it was so it was so overwhelming um and uh, so that I feel made a huge difference to my experience in moving to Stockholm um, it prepared me. I knew what the signs were. I knew what my triggers were. I knew what to expect if I did become 
um, slightly homesick again. Um, so it was, it, you know, that I think my experience has been different this time around, but I still have gone through it to a certain extent of, you know, there's just even just little day to day things, which, you know, food, uh, you know, noises, smells, not being able to get the, um, to not being able, the thing, I think the thing that really bothers me on a daily basis, and, you know, maybe this is going to change over time, I imagine, as I kind of, as my Swedish becomes more and more um, versatile and so on, it's like not even, not being able to have the radio on in the background and just to kind of, just to, to absorb it by osmosis. You know, if mm. I want to listen to the radio, I have to literally sit down and I have to really focus on what is being said. And it's just small things that make like that, that make life living abroad in a foreign country exhausting. And I think when you first get into that space, when you first move to a different country, um, it, it, it takes... I, it takes a t- it takes a long time to 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 for these little things to go from being exhausting to just being part of your day to day life, and for you to kind of get over it and to um and for you to and to just as you say you know just not accept it because I think acceptance is about you know that's not that's not really an it's not really a positive term but as you say letting go just letting go just allowing it to be. The way that it is, and not necessarily making any, you know, assumptions or expectations or, or or emotions around around it, but just just letting it go, just going, okay, this is how it's going to be. That's it. That's fine. Yeah. Just you know, move on from that. But and, and but I think you know, it's um, it's this this sort of culture shock thing. I don't. I, I've spoken to a lot of expats who've been or an immigrants who've lived in the country for 10, 15 years. And they say that, you know, it's, it never goes away. It goes up and down. It's like a bit like a, you know, it's not just a curve bell of, oh, you go up, you go, and then everything gets better again. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a roller coaster of, it goes up and down and up and down. There could be things that happen in your life personally that could trigger it again. You know, it could be something that happens at home in your home country that triggers that again. And, you know, you suddenly feel drawn back into that sort of, that, um, uh, that part of your life again. And I just, um, I think it's a very, it's a very unique experience to go through um, and one that I don't think anyone who's not lived in a different country for an extended period of time will sort of understand. But I think more and more and more people are beginning to understand or more and more and more people are beginning to associate with it because, you know, as we were saying earlier, we're such a global community nowadays. You know, and, you know, we're so transient and, you know, the world is no longer that, the huge, vast place that it was. People are traveling more. It's easier to travel. It's, 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 we have the internet. We have FaceTime. You know, things such as family and friends are not stopping people from moving to different countries anymore. It's much more, yeah, it's much more possible. Possibility for there. I think you know we're, we're very fortunate that we are as well like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who who would have thought? Well, I certainly, you know, I had, I thought that my life would be international. I suppose because of my, with the background that I have with mm. two different lots of parents. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I didn't really ever imagine that. 
shock on this reading would be to say something special and yeah. uh you know I feel very grateful that the opportunity is there because, yeah. because of the the time that we are in yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, even though there's opportunity, you know, it's still uh, an upheaval. It's a major life change. It's not just moving house, it's yeah. moving country. Yeah. You know, it's, moving, it's moving life. Yeah, and that can be immensely stressful for for a variety of reasons. Mm. And, um, would you, do you uh, this could be quite difficult to explain um, in, in via podcast, but are there any tips or, or any mindfulness um, exercises that you can do in order to, to kind of, you know, if you if you if you felt if, there, if if someone felt that they perhaps were maybe experiencing some of the things that we talked about today, are there any sort of exercises that they can do in order to just to focus themselves, just to kind of go, you know, to to say it's okay, you know, this is this is the reality of what it is, and without being completely overwhelmed by that feeling. Well, I think the first thing I would say is that. You know, if anyone does feel that they're they're struggling, and it doesn't have to be struggling to the fact that you can't breathe, it can be a tiny struggle as well. You yeah. know, just that yeah. you're, you're just not feeling happy about something, and something just doesn't stick with you. I say, just don't be afraid, first of all, to reach out to someone, because yeah. that's the first thing, yeah. really. And um, you know, be it to, to a little bearable, yeah, <laughs> uh, or or be it to family and yeah. friends. Uh, you know, that's that's the most important thing yeah. is to to tell someone. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, it's funny that you say that because we, or I get messages, um, on Instagram, by email, by Facebook, from people who are to do just that. They just mm. they go, I just I just need to say, I just need to ask if this is okay. Mm. This is normal. If I'm what I'm feeling is is part of the process. You know, and I, the first thing I say is, well, I'm not an expert I don't know mm. but I I recognize how you feel mm. you know I empath I, I I've, I've experienced that myself and yes it's it's okay but you really feel like you've hit a wall and you, know, you need to, to get some help you need to speak to somebody professional who can guide you as well as as but but yeah I think you know yeah speaking to a friend just acknowledging how you feel is the first step yeah I think it's uh, it's just it's good to just once you can if you notice that you've got some sort of <laughs> anxiety about it, it, it is good to definitely talk to someone first. And um, when it comes to mindfulness practice uh, for such a thing, you know that's that's a bit of a, a tricky, definitely not something that can really fit into an entire podcast. But um, <laughs> you know. Mindfulness, and for people that are interested in mindfulness, <coughs> it's it's um, worth noting that mindfulness is really a, a practice. Mm. You know, it's something that could really help you if you uh, enjoy the practice regularly. Um, the, the process, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. and uh, but there are some little mini things that can be very useful in our daily lives. So, for someone uh, 
who is either here in Stockholm or in Sweden or, or anywhere in Sweden in the world, and they find that they they are thinking a lot in the past, thinking a lot in the future. What the? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm sorry about that. That's the, the little one just uh, having a good cough. <laughs> Uh, and and they find themselves sort of wishing that they were somewhere else. Yeah, it can be really useful to sort of just check in with where you are now. And one one useful little tip is actually just to take a few deep breaths, because taking a few deep breaths can really help relax the body. Mm-hmm. It um, it stimulates part of our nervous system actually by taking a nice deep breath that helps to calm us and make us more restful. Uh, and allows us to centre a bit. So even just taking a bit of time out, really focusing on your breath, maybe placing a hand on your stomach when it when you're breathing so you can feel how your belly rises <coughs> and falls. Yeah. Um and uh, just just three or four deep breaths and uh, just to really ground yourself where you are. Mm. And that can be useful just to sort of check in with yourself and go, Okay, yeah, my thoughts might be in the Past, or they might be the future, but actually, I'm I'm here right now. Mm. And actually, just a, mm. just a useful mini tool okay. to help ground. Yeah, but just to 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 remind yourself about where you are now, and and you know, or well, just that you you know when our minds are, are, are fantastic things, and when we do think about the past and the future, uh, we can often. Uh, <coughs> sort of get lost, you know, like um, our mind's gone on a walk somewhere else. Mm, mm. <laughs> but actually our bodies are pretty much not walking. <laughs> They're usually wherever you are, be that, you know, if you're daydreaming on the tube or you're sat by your desk and you're thinking about another life, that's where you are, really. Yeah. And, you know, the, the only time that we can actually do something about life mm. is by acting on where we are. Yeah. You know, so it's just a little check-in and saying, okay, you know, my mind is somewhere else, mm. but I'm here. Yeah, I <laughs> know yeah. Uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's an incredibly useful piece of advice actually, and it's one that I, I'm going to try and practice a lot more because I I find myself I'll, I, not so much in the past, but in the future mm. and ahead of myself, mm. and and uh, it it doesn't help my um, anxiety about where I am now and and why I'm not, you know achieving everything that I want to achieve as it were Mm -hmm. so I think that's yeah it's incredibly useful just sort of looking about where you are right now what's happening right now for you and it's a really useful piece of advice useful um so if anybody was to want to follow your practice a little bit more where can they where can they find you what can they what can they follow you on so there's um uh, I I do have a, a website which is mindfulstockroom.com and uh, by the links there you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Great. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just the the sort of thing that I do is for for people that do feel that perhaps um, general life stresses are getting to them a little bit. And mm. mm. <laughs> um, it's just a, a mindfulness teaching to to help people really collect uh, a few tools in a toolbox to help them cope 
in yeah. a daily situation. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know that you're on obviously on maternity leave at the moment. <laughs> so thank you very much for doing this podcast today. How did you guess? <laughs> um, but I believe that you're going to be starting courses in 2018. Uh, yes, in uh, 2018 again, um, there'll be some courses running, some group courses, mm-hmm. um, and also some. Okay. And uh, we'll put links. We'll put links up onto the uh, onto Little Bear Broads the the podcast feed um, right. with all the all the information about mindfulstockholm family mindfulness and where you can get more information about courses and so on as well Wonderful. thank you so much for talking today about um culture shop um the uh, the article that we talked about is going to be linked at the bottom of the feed and um if you need any more information please do get in touch with us um at ask at littlebearabroad.com and we'll do our best to guide you um as to where to go okay thank you thank you and thank you for having and me thank you leo here. thank you <laughs> yeah.